0: Well that's exactly what we're going to be doing this morning as we sing this morning we're going to be praising him as we hear testimonies this morning we'll be hearing praising him as we hear the preached word this morning we're going to be praising him as we see the baptisms we're going to be praising him let every breath that has breath do what praise the lord would you pray with me so lord I thank you and praise you because you alone are our refuge our strength our very present help in times of trouble And Father, as we bring this service of worship together in the beginning, I pray that you would remind us of who you are. I pray that you would remind us of whose we are. That we are your child by your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, I look forward to hearing these testimonies this morning, hearing what you have done in these lives to transform them, to bring them out of darkness to light. Father, I pray that your Son would get all the glory today. I pray your Spirit would fill us today. And I pray that you'd be magnified today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
1: Morning, everybody. This is a new song. We'll teach it to you. So we worship.
2: We worship the God who was. We worship the God who is. We worship the God who evermore will be. He opened the prison doors. He parted the raging sea. My God, He holds the. Let's sing, we worship the God who was. We worship the God who was. We worship the God who is. We worship the God who evermore will be. He opened the prison doors. He parted the raging sea. My God, He holds the victory. The God who heals. We sing to the God who heals. We sing to the God who saves. We sing to the God who always makes a way. Because He hung upon that cross and He rose up from that grave. today. Let the house of the Lord sing praise, sing that again, as we were the best. Redeemed by His grace Let the house of the Lord sing praise are saved. Lost are saved, find their way, at the sound of your great name, all down, feel no shame, at the sound. Sound of your great name. The enemy, he has to leave. At the sound of your find their strength. All the as
1: who has set us free. God, we thank you this morning. We can hear testimonies from those who can proclaim that and be confident in that, that I was this before and then Jesus Christ came and set me free. That I was this kind of person before and then Jesus Christ changed me. That I was dead in my sins before, but Jesus Christ has made me alive. God, we thank you for your boundless grace you've given to us that we can go free, Lord, because of what Jesus has done on the cross for us. And we are alive. We can sing lines like he's continuing to roll stones away because he's rolling the stones away of our lives, Lord. He's setting us free. You're setting us free from the, the bounds of this world, Lord, of the sins of this world, Lord, ourselves. There's only hope in Jesus, God. We thank you that we can celebrate that this morning in the waters of baptism, God. Would you please be with us? Continue to help us to praise as we continue in our service this morning. We pray this in Jesus' name.
3: Amen. You know, this morning we have the privilege of enjoying a baptism service together. And a number of you are visiting with us today because you have friends that are today going to be confessing their faith and trust in Jesus. Uh, Everyone who gets baptized here at the chapel, we ask them to do something that for all of them, is terrifying. And that is, hey, why don't you just get up in front of everybody and tell your story? (laughs) The the response of many is, do I have to do that? And the answer is, in order for us to baptize you biblically, there needs to be a profession of saving faith in the crosswork of Christ. And yet we know that uh, the greatest human fear is public speaking. And yet, we insist, for the aim and purpose of this event, that this is not simply a religious ceremony. This is a true declaration of the fact that hope for forgiveness, hope for change in my life, is found in the in the in the crosswork of Jesus Christ. And so, those that come this morning are not coming to brag. They're coming to share a story with you. And to help you to understand that, what is the purpose of having people share their story of faith in Christ? Uh, One of the young men that was baptized a month ago here, uh, he called me shortly before the baptism service. He said, Pastor Tim, do I have to get up in front of people and share my story? He said, I don't want it to be about me. And I said, Chris, I... There's his name... He's actually not here, but he's going to be watching because one of his good friends from high school, Brittany, is getting baptized today. So he's going to see that. So Chris, sorry. I said to him, I said, Chris, let me let me share with you two types of events that we enjoy. All right, we we celebrate birthdays, right? And a birthday party is very much about the person and how wonderful they are and it's it's really an opportunity to exalt and uh, enjoy a celebration of their life that's what a birthday celebration is baptism is very different than a birthday celebration baptism is more akin to the honoring of a first responder okay and see if this makes sense If you're honoring a first responder, the one who is rescued talks about the sacrifice of the one who put their life at risk so that their life could be saved, okay? If, if, if the person who was rescued made the event about them, it would, be, it would seriously be horrifying and terribly misplaced and profoundly awkward, So when we come as believers to profess our faith in Christ, it's much more akin to, I want to tell you about someone who has changed my life, who has changed my eternity, who has liberated me and freed me from my brokenness and given me a brand new life. And as I, as I think about this idea of Jesus Christ as not a first responder, but the ultimate first responder, I, there's a contrast that comes to my mind. A first responder going on a call takes a calculated risk. Meaning they are willing to do, do, do whatever it takes to rescue the life of someone who is caught in a difficult circumstance or life-threatening situation. They are also taught how to mitigate the probability of personal loss. So that they, for a fire person, you come out of the fire alive. That is the intention and goal. That's the training that's given. So a first responder comes to take a calculated risk for rescue of someone that they do not know the moral condition of. Okay, they, they usually have no clue about the story of the person trapped in the burning car. They're not motivated by the morality of that person, the goodness of that person, the reputation of that person. They do what they do irregardless of how broken that person may be. Does that make sense? I want you to think about the work of Christ in contrast. Jesus Christ made a choice to lay down his life to rescue people that he full well knew the moral condition and state of. In John 10, Jesus says this. He says, no one takes my life from me. Meaning my death on the cross is not merely a human act. He said, no one takes my life from me. I lay it down. I freely give my life for the rescue of people who have a broken moral condition. Okay, the difference between Christ and a first responder is that he chooses to sacrifice everything for people that he knows are broken and trapped in sin. Romans 5.8 says this. It says, God showed or demonstrated his love to us in this. While we were still sinners, the idea for sinners there could be better taken, while we were rebelling against God, wanting life our own way, Christ died for us. He died for us knowing our moral condition of brokenness, and he died on Calvary's cross to bear the consequence of my brokenness so that I could be freed from it. He pays that price for my deliverance. So the reason we share our stories of faith and trust in Christ in baptism is because baptism is an event that proclaims. It says something. It's not merely a nicety that we observe, applaud, and love on the person that participated in the baptism. No, this is proclaiming. This is, if you will, preaching. This is saying something about Jesus Christ. And something about the one being baptized. And let me follow those two through for you. What baptism says about Jesus is found in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 3. Paul says, I delivered unto you as of first importance that Christ died for our sins, that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. Now here's the key tie-in personally for every individual. Paul says Christ died... For our sins. What Paul literally means is Christ went to the cross for my sin and for Anthony's sin and for Ryan's sin. He paid the price that I owed so that I could be set free. And in baptism, here's the mode of baptism that the Bible teaches that the person in picturing Christ, death, burial, and resurrection and new life. So when we baptize today, we have a pool of water. That water is not holy. It's not blessed. It's not special water. It's from the American Water Company, okay? It's like all the water that comes out of the tap at your house. There's nothing special about this water. But what it proclaims as an individual pictures the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, that act is a proclaiming that I, for my saving, am trusting in the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ for my sin. He stood in my place, took the hit that I deserved so that I could be forgiven and set free. Mark 10.45 says, The Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve by giving His life as a freedom price for many. Maybe you're here this morning to watch a baptism service. And you're wondering, what's the connection to my story? How does the work of Christ on Calvary's cross intersect with my life? Here's how it intersects. He hung on the cross for those that will be baptized this morning so that they could be forgiven and set free and share that testimony. But He did it for you as well. He did it for you as well. So that your eternal destiny could be beautifully altered by the cross work of Christ. So baptism says about Jesus, he died, he was buried, he rose again as we sung so beautifully this morning, so that your life could be changed, so that the life of those baptized today could be literally transformed, freed from sin and set afire for the glory and honor of God. But here's the question that also comes up. What does my baptism, my, those that have chosen today to, to participate in this service, what does it say about them? It says that I am a sinner and that Jesus Christ through his cross work is a powerful Savior. That he can take me out of my brokenness, out of my sinfulness, and literally change my heart. And set me on a new path for life. Philippians 3 is a text I was going through with the young people in Sunday school this morning. Here's what Paul says. Paul says true believers, true Christians do this. They glory in Christ. And they take no confidence in the flesh. They glory in the work of Christ at the cross. And they put no confidence in personal effort and accomplishment. So this morning, we want you to know this, that those being baptized are not being forgiven by the water of baptism, but instead they're proclaiming in the waters of baptism that Christ has changed my life, that I have acknowledged before him that I am a sinner in need of a Savior. And it is proclaiming very clearly and very boldly what 1 Peter 3.18 says, that Christ died for our sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God. So in baptism, I am proclaiming that I have placed saving faith in the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ as the only hope for my freedom and forgiveness. So at the chapel, we practice believers' baptism. The New Testament pattern is they believed and they were baptized. They came to faith in Christ upon hearing the good news of the gospel, experiencing a sense of their own sinfulness, they confessed that to God, and in the waters of baptism, profess that confession of faith in Christ in the moment of their baptism. Each one being baptized this morning has made a profession of faith in Christ. This act does not cause God to love them more. It doesn't improve their standing with God. This act is simply proclaiming gloriously and joyfully what Christ has done. As I think about the illustration of a first responder, I I made this observation in my notes. If we celebrate first responders who take a risk to rescue someone they do not know the moral condition of, how much more should I celebrate one who came for the purpose of giving his life for someone who was morally broken like me so that I could be forgiven? And set free and given the hope of eternal life with him. So the thought for me is this. If I celebrate first responders, and I believe we should, give gratitude to God for those that have put their life on the line in whatever area of service it is, how much more should we as believers in the waters of baptism glory in Christ celebrate what Christ has done for us? There's a story in the Gospels, two stories actually. One is the story of a woman that was caught in adultery in John chapter 4. She had an encounter with Christ, and Christ, in a very beautiful and direct way, uncovers her sin, explains to her her need of the grace that he offers, and her life is changed. Here's what the Bible says. It says she went home, and here's what she said. Come see a man who told me everything I've ever done and changed my life. I think also of the demoniac, the man that was caught up in this demonically possessed life. And Christ comes and Christ's freedoms from, frees him from years of bondage and brokenness and horror. And he says to Jesus, Jesus, you've changed my life. Can I go with you? And Jesus says to him, no. Shocking. No, what do you want me to do? Here's what Jesus says to him. He says, "You go and tell your town what great things God has done for you." When I when I thought of that in relationship to this, that man went home that day a transformed person, free from brokenness and bondage that is, had destroyed and plagued and broken his life for years. And and the witness was clear. They could look at his life and say, what happened to you? And Jesus said, when they asked that question, tell them what great things God has done for you and how he saved you. How he rescued you and aims to transform your entire life. And I, I rephrase it in this way. Tell them what he's done for you so that they know what he can do for them. It wasn't simply the demoniac going back and saying, I'm a different person. It was, I'm a different person, and you can be as well. Tell them, and this is what baptism is, the sharing of testimonies. Here's what God's done for me, so that you know what God can do for you. So it's not about the person. It's about the one who came to give his life so that they could be beautifully and gloriously freed. From all their sin. Would you pray with me this morning? Father, as we bow before you, we are grateful for a service of baptism in which we have the privilege of hearing stories of God's redeeming grace. Lord, our aim this morning is not to celebrate the individuals being baptized, it is to glory in what Christ has done for us. Apart from our effort, apart from religious ceremony, apart from our religious activities, by the cross, you, Lord Jesus, set us free. And so my prayer this morning, Lord, is this. If someone is here who has never personally trusted Christ, I I pray, God, that by hearing the story of someone that shares this morning, they would they would have that moment when the reality of their sin is present and they might confess it to you and say, God, forgive me and rescue me by the blood of Jesus from my sin. And today I pray, God, that someone will leave glorying in our great first responder, Jesus Christ, who came for our rescue and freely provides it through his cross work. Now, Lord, I pray that you will glorify your name through the testimonies and through the baptisms of those today who profess faith and trust in Jesus Christ, our Savior. And all God's people said, amen.
0: Good morning. Uh, Pastor Tim just said, tell what great things god has done for you that's a great line that really is and that's really what this time of testimony is where we get to hear what god has done in people's lives i was thinking of the prayer time you know when when you pray i don't know if you've ever heard of the acts acrostic you know adoration confession thanksgiving supplication and in many ways that's exactly what we see happening here at the waters of baptism so i'm going to be calling up each of the candidates they're going to give a little bit of a testimony, and then they'll walk down and go into the waters of baptism, and that's how we'll do it this morning. So Brittany, hair wagon, would you please come on up? Hair wagon. Hey, good seeing you. So tell us a little bit about what's drawn you here.
4: Okay. Hello, everyone. Good morning. So I grew up in a home with Christian background. I didn't go to church every week. But knew that God existed. I remember going to VBS and young group, a young youth group at Pastor Tim's house as a child, and even praying to God. I had many wonderful Christian members, such as the Kiaras, many wonderful Christian mentors, such as the Kiaras, the Khan family, Mrs. Henning, Pastor Tim, and my youth group friends, and my mom, of course, guiding me all the way through to high school. I also attended Camp Calvary as a child with friends from the chapel, where I was inspired to delve more into the Bible after listening to one of Dr. Finkbeiner's riveting sermons. I grew in knowledge of God and as a child, but never made my faith my own. I went to college and entered a period of dormancy in my pursuit for Christ. However, I did lean heavily on the Lord when I had my third open heart surgery going into my sophomore year of college. You would have expected that I would have been stricken with fear and anxiety in the weeks leading up to it. Yet, that was not the case. To my surprise, despite being a very anxious person, I was calm. I felt peace that I, I have never felt before. Today, I feel that was God hugging me in my darkest hour. After college, my life seemed to be crumbling before me due to circumstances out of my control. It seemed that God was taking everything away from me, and that my life wasn't going how I planned. I was angry at Him. In May, I I was encouraged to join a young adult group. I started praying to the Lord, actually, before then, to lead me to a young adult group. Literally that day, soon after, Lizzie Cruz invited me to come to the youth, a young adult group at the chapel. Once again, I was reunited with some familiar youth group friends from my childhood. I started meeting with the young adults and attended a young women's Bible study and began to slowly notice my heart changing. I began to read the Bible on my own and desire the Lord more each day. Life started turning around and I could feel the Lord working in my life in so many different areas. I, now, I know now that I, may, that I wanted to dedicate my life to the Lord and follow his plan for me and not my plan any longer. I can't imagine living life without him. Instead of being saved in my head and just having head knowledge of God, I know now that I am saved in my heart and because of my relationship with Jesus. Today I share with the world my love for Jesus and a desire to serve him the rest of my life through my baptism. Through the cross and being saved, I am unconditionally loved. 1 Peter 3.18 says, For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. He was put to death in body but made alive in spirit. In other words, Christ suffered for our sins once for all time. He never sinned, but he died for the sinner so that we may be with God again. I don't know of any greater love for a heavenly father to love his creation so much that he sent his only son to die for us when he did nothing to deserve it, when we did nothing to deserve it for all the future past and present sins. But put simply, that is unconditional love and grace. I surrender my dreams, my willpower, my I mean, my will, sorry, my power and my desires to trust in God wholeheartedly, to walk with him, share his love with others.
5: Brittany, what a blessing that is. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Brittany, just want to ask you, are you trusting in Jesus Christ and him alone for your eternal yes. destiny? And do you desire in your heart to follow him? Yes. Based upon your profession in Jesus Christ and that alone, we baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. <laughs>
0: You know, one of the uh, themes that we call here at the chapel, it's God changes us through vital relationships. And so if you heard Brittany's testimony, how many people here in the chapel have had such a powerful impact in her life? And and that's such a great testimony, not only of God's riches of what he's done for us in Christ, but what he's done through you as a community of believers. So thank you so much for that. Okay, we have Jody and Tom Cicerell that are coming up now. They didn't want to come up next <laughs> why
6: don't
0: you go first <laughs> lady ladies first huh
6: hi thank you good morning everyone even though I was introduced I'm gonna introduce myself again hello my name is Jody Cicerelle I've been coming to the church now for about six months. Growing up, I was baptized, made my first Holy Communion, made my confirmation, and going to confession every week and attending Catholic elementary school. For the first 12 years of my life, I was taught to obey God, the Ten Commandments, and to fear God because he was always watching me. When I was about 12 years old, my mom decided to move out, and I was hurt deeply. I learned at a very early age it was my job to take care of myself and help out around the house. I never thought to pray to God because I was taught to honor God by doing good deeds. That led to be, to being a people pleaser and controlling everything that came into my life. Where was God? Don't know. Didn't feel him didn't see him, or I didn't even pray to God. When I got to high school, I made very poor choices from not having any guidance, not a lot of meaning in life. Years later, I'd met my dear friend Karen. She's here today. Thank you for coming. Who was a new teacher that I worked with. Karen mentioned Jesus an awful lot which led to a lot of conversations that she and I would have about how Jesus was in her life. This was not the same Jesus I learned about. Karen invited me over for dinner to her parents' house where we talked about Jesus in their lives, prayed, and then she gave me my first Bible. For the past 20 years, Karen has continued to talk with me about life with Jesus, life filled with joy, happiness, Trust in God and pray to God for guidance and give thanks to God and have freedom from worry. I'd like to thank you, Ralph and Kathy Fiori, who never stopped me in inviting me to church every week. Every week I said no, thank you. And then one day I said yes. So thank you, Ralph and Kathy. Since attending the chapel, it has helped me have a new relationship with God, and I realized I don't have to control my life anymore. I've learned there's a bigger power and force of love. It's God's love. I've always had the desire and interest to live a life free of guilt, with hope and purpose. I have come to trust in the truth that Jesus died so that I can be forgiven and free from guilt. And thank you, Pastor Tim, for helping me with that. My favorite verse, and it's my first verse that Karen introduced me to, is John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. God has a plan. Trust in God. Let go. Let God. Thank you.
0: We'll just do...
5: up on us. Twenty years. Isn't that wonderful? <laughs> She's only 21 years old. age. <laughs> <laughs> Jody, are you trusting in Jesus Christ and Him alone for your eternal life? Yes, I do. And do you desire to be a follower of yes. His?
6: Yes, I yes
5: I do. <laughs> Based upon your profession in Jesus Christ and that alone, we baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son the Holy Spirit.
7: It's your turn now. You ready? I think so. Good morning. Um, As an infant, I was baptized in the Catholic Church. However, my family did not attend church on a regular basis. My father had left our family when I was about six years old. And after my parents were divorced, I would only see him once or twice a year. My mother, while we were growing up, usually had to work two jobs at a time to provide for my sisters and myself, and we had moved several times during my childhood. Growing up, I wanted to believe in God, but I was mad that he would allow these bad things to happen to me and my family. As I got older and started working, I became even more skeptical. This was because working in my chosen profession forced me to see much of the evil in people and a lot of bad things that happen in life. This caused me to further doubt God's existence. The name Doubting Thomas was brought to my attention on more than one occasion. I wish I would have found God and became a believer sooner. It would have made my life, as well as the lives of the people around me, much more enjoyable. My now wife, Jody, and I had been going through some uh, difficult times in our relationship, and we had pretty much hit rock bottom. So we decided to make one last go of it. And uh, Jody asked me to turn to God. Soon after, we started coming to the chapel. And once I had finally realized that Jesus did die on the cross for my sins, it was like a weight was lifted from my chest. I now work very hard every day to honor his sacrifice by trying to be a better person and maintaining my integrity. Since I've become a believer, my life and my relationship with my wife, Jody, have both been much more rewarding and enjoyable.
5: We almost whacked. I think we rubbed his head on the back. So we just want to be real careful on this all day. So praise the Lord. I, I, I don't know. about Every time I hear another testimony, I want to cry. I just, I just rejoice what God's doing in your life, Tom. Tom, are you trusting in Jesus Christ and him alone as your Lord and Savior? Yes, I am. And do you desire to be his follower? Yes, I do. Amen. Based upon your profession in Jesus Christ and that alone,
0: Isn't that really what we're seeing in the baptisms and in the testimonies? It's the opportunity to be able to worship Christ's holy name for what he has done in people's lives. Okay, our next candidate is Jacob
8: Crum. Come on up. Okay, my name is Jacob Crum, um, as you just said. Uh, Like most of my fellow Christians, we all have a past of trials and tribulations, that leads us to a secure place of faith. My past is composed of a variety of good, bad, and ugly choices that brought me to my unwavering place of faith in our Lord Jesus Christ and our King as our King and Savior. I grew up in an average American household. Uh, I was raised a nominal Catholic, as my grandfather was a large part of my involvement with the Catholic denomination. Uh, Once my grandfather passed away, my participation within the church dwindled. Um, The lack of Christ in my life was apparent and led me down a road of pain, sorrow, and foolish decisions that were nothing more than temporary fulfillment with no real meaning or purpose. Fast forward to about five years ago, uh, on a sunny March day, during a fire prevention inspection at work, I met a young, handsome man we all know as Pastor Tim. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we instantly had good common ground um, for good conversation, and that was before I knew he was a pastor. I felt inclined to learn more about his outlook on life. PT gave me an incredible amount of knowledge on his relationship with Christ. I was apprehensive for a while, but the overwhelming feeling of the Holy Spirit calling me to the altar was not subsiding. It wasn't long after meeting PT that I had another authentic spiritual encounter With John Whitehead, um, who is the chief director of the agency I work for, um, and he shared his testimony with me. John humbled me and softened my heart in my feelings for Christ. He encouraged me to want to learn more and grow in a more fruitful direction as he and PT have. That's when I started coming to this church five years ago and never looked back. My life has since changed drastically in every aspect. I wake up with purpose, hope, love, and motivation to serve more, pray more, and share more. Every day now revolves around Christ, from relationships centered through him to working to please him and those he had called me to serve. He was waiting for me in the past. He is present in my life now, and he will be there for me everywhere I go in the future. I now trust in Christ as my Lord and Savior that through his undeserving crucifixion, burial, and resurrection, he has purged all of my sins. I now live my life through Proverbs 3, uh, 5, and 6, which says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. I want to thank everyone here uh, for supporting me in my walk with Christ, and for bearing witness here today as I publicly declare my faith. May Christ use me for his good and shine within me brighter so that I can further spread his gospel As Pastor Tim and John Whitehead have done for me.
5: Jake, what a blessing Mm -hmm. to watch what God has been doing in your life has been wonderful for each of us to see. Mm -hmm. Do you trust in Jesus Christ and him alone as your Lord and Savior?
8: I absolutely do.
5: And do you desire to be his follower? I do,
8: yes, sir. Amen. Amen.
5: Based upon your profession in Jesus Christ Mm -hmm. and that alone, we baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. (laughs)
0: And our last baptism this morning is Lexi Mazzone. Come on up.
9: Ever since I can remember, I've heard about God. I've been going to the chapel my whole life and grew up in a Christian home. When I was about six years old, to the teaching of my parents and hearing the Bible read to me, I began to understand that I was a sinner. As the Bible teaches, I understood that this sin separated me from God. I specifically remember as a young child being very saddened by the painful suffering Jesus went through for us when he died on the cross. I made the decision to come to Christ around this time, excited to experience God's forgiveness and have the promise of eternal life. I'm super thankful for my parents and my older brothers who set such a good example for me. Several years back, though, I began struggling a lot with anxiety about different things, and I see now how God... Um, has used this in my life to bring me closer to him a verse that has become very meaningful to me is 2nd timothy 1 7 for god has not given us a spirit of fear but of power and of love and of a sound mind although at times i may still get anxious as a believer in jesus christ i know that ultimately i have nothing to fear around a year ago i decided i want to make a change in my life and go deeper with god by spending more time with him like reading my bible and praying more This last summer at a Christian camp, I was encouraged to take my commitment to God more seriously. When I came home, I wanted to be on fire for God and truly make this faith my own. This is the reason I want to get baptized today.
5: you don't have to be a certain age before you can trust Christ as your Lord and Savior isn't that wonderful he wants you now don't wait till tomorrow and I'd love to see young people getting baptized at all different ages Leslie are you trust, trusting in Jesus Christ and him alone as your Lord and Savior Yes. Yeah. and do you, you desire to be his follower
2: mm-hmm. yeah.
5: praise the Lord ba- based upon your profession in Jesus Christ and him alone we baptize you in the name of the Father
0: As you you heard each one of those testimonies, you heard some that were coming from religious systems where they weren't hearing gospel grace. You heard of fears that have been overcome, guilt and the weight of guilt that has been lifted off of people's backs and lives. And I kept hearing Romans 8.1, there is therefore now no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. The gospel sets people free. And so it is such an amazing opportunity to be able to worship him and serve him. So let's pray before we sing again. Lord, we praise you and thank you. Thank you so much for what your son did for us. He lived the life we could never live. He died the death that we deserve. And he rose victoriously from the grave. Amazingly, he's seated at your right hand right now and is interceding for us, Lord. Praise you for that. I thank you so much for the opportunity to adore you, to confess, to thank you, and then to offer proclamations of your grace. So today, Father, as we continue the rest of the service, I pray that your Son will be glorified, that we be filled by your Spirit, and that we bring honor to your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
2: The God who is, we worship the God who evermore will be. As He opened the prison doors and He parted the raging sea, my God, He holds the victory. There's joy in the house of the Lord.
1: We sing to the God who heals.
2: We sing to the God who heals. We sing to the God who saves. We sing to the God who always makes so. Because of this, as He hung upon that cross, and He rose up from that grave, my God still rolling stones away. There's joy in the house of the Lord, there's joy in the house of the Lord today, and we won't be quiet, no, we shout out your praise, there's joy in the house of the Lord, our God is surely in this place, and we won't be quiet, no, we shout out your praise, we were the Forgiven and accepted, redeemed by His grace. Let the house of the Lord sing praise. Sing that again. We were the beggars, now we're royalty. We were the prisoners, now we're running free. We are forgiven, accepted. the Lord. Our God is surely in this place, and we won't be quiet. We were the beggars, now we're royalty. We were the prisoners, and now we're running free. We are forgiven, accepted, redeemed by His grace. Let the house of the Lord see. Let the house of the Lord sing praise.
10: Good morning. Um, I'm Dave. I'm one of the uh, leaders here at the church, and I just want to share something with you that's very exciting for us today. Um I've been here 23 years I guess we've been going to the chapel we've been through a lot of changes and had many opportunities to see God open doors and do things beyond our comprehension or, or what we could even ask I mean the facility we have here which I'm going to speak about briefly but God has opened different doors for ministry opportunities and we've been able to uh consciously look for new ways to expand our ministry and our outreach and we do a lot of things from Zimbabwe to Allentown to The Hoving Home and so many different organizations we've had the pleasure of working with as God has opened doors. And years ago, we were floating around from place to place, I should say, with the towing our trailer behind us with all our, our gear and church on the move sort of thing. And God opened the doors and gave us this facility. We're blessed. From the very beginning when we started the uh, the, the looking towards a, having a, a permanent home, we we always said it's not going to be about the building, and it has not been. But God has blessed us, and we've given us a, a place that we can gather and, and have a lot of people come in. Our desire is to reach the community. And um, recently um, we've had an opportunity um, for someone who's had, God has put a vision on her heart. Jewel, if you want to come up here, please. Uh, put a vision on her heart for a ministry outreach that, As a chapel, we are going to be partnering with to reach our local community. So this is Jewel, and she's going to share her her vision.
11: You can go ahead and be seated. Well, good morning. My name is Jewel Utt, and I'm the executive director of Community Blend Incorporated. And Mark, if you would put the slides up for me. So Craig and I are so happy to partner with the chapel on this new faith-based nonprofit. It amazes me how God orchestrates things. You know, David Jeremiah says he works both sides of the street, and he does. Because we'd been looking for a location and almost secured one, and I woke up one morning after prayer, and I just felt we should tell T- Pastor Tim about this. So I spoke to Craig. And we decided to talk with them after church. When we came to church that day, we located Pastor Doug and asked him if we could have three minutes. We came into the service, and it was Missions Sunday. There was a missionary speaking up on the screen, and after the missionary spoke, Pastor Tim came up, and he spoke about his heart for community missions and all of the missions really, but local missions as well. And Craig and I were a little surprised. We just kept looking each other, looking at each other, and we were just so surprised at the awesomeness of how God orchestrates things and what he had done. The more amazing thing was that Pastor Tim shared that he had wanted to open some type of a weekly cafe that the elders would want to use this space um, a little more effectively. So our intention is to create a gathering place for the community where people can grab a great cup of coffee, a great cup of tea, where they can come to work remotely, where they can come and gather with friends or just sit quietly and read. So I've been involved in community outreach for the past 30 years. And for over that time, during that time, I've seen an increase of people pulling away, people pulling away from the church and people pulling away from each other. And I've also seen an increase in social media activity where people are becoming very dependent on social media and on virtual type relationships. It's God created us for community. And the idea of community blend is to create a warm environment where all people feel welcome, a place where friendships can bloom, a place where people feel at ease, and a place where people can volunteer to help if they choose to do so. And as we build relationships and share our stories, we'll know best how to pray for our community, we'll know best what the needs are of our community. And we plan to do that by building relationships, by sharing our story. And that will present us opportunities to naturally share the gospel. So that's the real goal of the cafe, to share the love of Christ. And we do it by listening well and respecting everybody that walks through the doors of this facility. During the COVID shutdown, the Lord laid this The Lord laid this vision on my heart to create this gathering place, to create a place where the community and the church can mingle because we have this treasure in jars of clay, and God is calling us to share it, to share it, to tell people who don't know about it. For some people, COVID didn't change much. I know for my husband, his schedule actually became more active But for others who felt the effects of isolation, they also felt their purpose and their drive waning. So this is something that we can all get excited about because we can all play a part and share the gifts that God has given us. So our heart is to point people to Christ, not to us. So the foundation of this mission is prayer. When the Lord laid it on my heart, I kept it between me and God for several months and I just prayed about it. And then I brought it to my husband and I told him about it. And imagine his surprise as he is thinking in his mind in a few years about kind of settling down from work and winding things down. And here I am telling him, no, God is telling us to gear up and to start a nonprofit organization that's going to benefit the community so we decided that we would pray about it we would pray about it together and I knew that if this was the will of the Lord he would be bring unity and he brought it very fast so my husband Craig is the main support behind this mission Um, he's as sharp as a whip he's got a financial brain like a computer and so I'm really happy to have him But I've also noticed that God has placed some strong pillars around his vision to support it. My husband, my sons, one one of which who takes care of the finances, Pastor Tim, who actually, this could be his vision that's exploding here. And the elders, for having the grace to even give this a shot, And Dave Rader, with his quiet spirit, who is able to just move things forward. And we just are so thankful and so humbled by the help that we have received here. So having the support of my husband, I began to move forward. And the first thing I did was to enlist a prayer team. So I enlisted 15 people who have the gift of prayer. And they have been praying for this mission, for the specific needs of Community Blend, for a year and a half now. The second thing we did was to give it a name, and we chose Community Blend because the effort will be a blend of the community and the family of God. And the third thing was to enlist an executive board filled with people who understood the scope of our vision and were able to enhance the vision with their specific calling and skill set. So, a few things that I want you to know is that a nonprofit is not a personal business. It is a mission stewarded by a group of people. And this mission addresses a need. And in this case, it's to provide a place where people can meet, serve together, and learn about Christ. And we don't know how long we're going to have this freedom to be able to share the gospel in public like this. But this meets a felt need, not only for the community, but also for the church. The community needs to experience God's love through the church, and the church needs a place where they can meet the community and feel free to pray, to listen, and to share the gospel. So we believe this has to happen organically, so our goal is to be good listeners and to be very respectful of people as they tell us their stories. So we are serving specialty coffee. We have partnered with King's Gambit Roastery, and we will be also serving great tea. We believe anything we offer in the name of Jesus from the King of Kings has to be top notch. And the best part of it is it's free, there's no charge. So how do I really know this is from the Lord? Well, because I know nothing about running a cafe. (laughs) But I do know how to run a business, and I do know how to surround myself with experts who can teach us everything that we need to know. And so to that end, we've got Kim Minerly on our board, who is a professional food service um, person. She has a degree in that. We have Kathy Halpin's counsel, who knows everything about this this kitchen. And we have hired consultants to teach us everything about coffee, about tea, to train the staff, and to help us with the setup. So a few questions that you may have that I anticipated. Um, What if the church has a program on the day that the cafe is open? We just close. The church takes precedent, and their programs take precedent over anything that we are doing here. Um, Is the church responsible for us? No. We are an independent nonprofit. We are a 5013C. And so, as such, we have our own insurance. We have our own board of directors. I attend that meeting every month. I give a report. Um, My husband is the chairman of that board. And we have four women. We have um, three women and four men. Dave Rader and Laura Rader are liaisons from the church, and between the four of us, we are part of stewarding this mission. We are not voting members of the executive board of Community Blend, but we are part of the stewardship effort for it. So how do we get our funding? Well, we get our funding through grants, through private donations and through running programs, the proceeds that we get from that. So my one request of you is to bathe us in prayer. Bathe us in prayer and bathe our community in prayer. We want to know what their needs are, and we want to know how to best meet them. And I thank you so much for giving me a moment to explain this all to you.
10: So I'm sure you can see that this is not something that just came fly by night. This started, this vision started, the preparation started, the praying started, the um, organization for this a year and a half ago, and everything was just set except a location. And there is this beautiful location that we have here. So we're just excited to be uh, partnering with Community Blend. And when you see that out, the signs out there for that, Community Blend, is that's what it is. And stop in and uh, have a great cup of coffee as well. So um, let's close in prayer. Lord, we're just so thankful that you are indeed in this place. Lord, we're able to just hear the testimonies again and again of your abounding grace and through your Holy Spirit revealing yourself to individuals, Lord. It's such an encouragement to our hearts to just share that gospel, Lord, um, here at firsthand. And we just give you praise for that. And, Lord, we look forward to seeing more and more people come to know you, profess their faith in you, and through baptism, Lord, we pray. Lord, watch over us as we go. Give us a great week and share your love. And then we pray, amen.